The Studio Museum in Harlem was just a game changer for me. First time I'd seen that many young black artists in my program, there was two, you know? So it just was so inspiring and encouraging. And then being there, I was there with Kirilyn Harris and Kehinde Wiley. We got to all watch each other grow and develop in very different ways and inspire each other and have fun together and meet tons of really incredible artists. That's artist Adia Millette on her residency at the Studio Museum in Harlem. Welcome to Art is Awesome, the show where we talk with an artist or art worker with a connection to the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm your host, Emily Wilson. As a writer in San Francisco covering the arts, I see so many hardworking artists doing interesting work here in the Bay Area and I wanted people to know about them. So I came up with Art is Awesome. Oakland artist Adia Millette works in textiles, glass, miniatures, painting, and sculpture. She has a BFA from UC Berkeley and an MFA from the California Institute of the Arts. And she has shown her work at many places, including New York's New Museum and PS1, the Museum of the African Diaspora in San Francisco, the Oakland Museum, the Contemporary Art Center in New Orleans, and the Barbican Gallery in London. We met in Adia's studio in Oakland, and she talked about wanting to bring craft to the forefront, finding God in art at Redwood Regional Park, and doing a residency at the Studio Museum of Harlem with Kira Lynn Harris and Kehinde Wiley. She also talked about her latest show, Wisdom Keepers, at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Jose. It includes quilted sculptures, glass shields, crocheted spears, and a sound sculpture. The show was inspired by seeing the quilt collection at the Berkeley Art Museum. In that process, just really saw these beautiful connections between contemporary art, modern art, abstraction, and saw how these quilters, specifically African-American quilters, were breaking the rules of a lot of traditional American quilting. So breaking the rules of using specific patterns, having everything very mathematically aligned. Breaking patterns is important to Adia. In 2019, she had a show named that at the California African American Museum. It's something she tries to do, both literally and metaphorically. I'll take a bunch of fabric from different places that I found, like my grandmother's old apron or some army fatigue fabric or, you know, some old upholstery fabric someone's given me, and I try to figure out how they connect. So me, I almost think of them like uh, aspects of our identity. We're not just one fabric. We're a collection of fabric that has been handed down to us from for some centuries, probably. And what happens when we put them together and create something, and then at some point take them apart? So oftentimes I'll start by making a traditional rectangular or square quilt, and then I'll literally cut it apart and put it back together. And in that process, I'll be thinking about something. So for example, I did one called Act Like a Lady for the Berkeley Museum, where I wore dresses for a month. And then at the end of the month, I cut them apart and I created a quilt and also made a pair of pants. And in that process, talked to several female identified people about what they thought of when they heard the term Act Like a Lady. 
What she does goes beyond art for Adia. There's this kind of social practice that goes along with making art if we allow it to be. Even when I'm painting a picture, you know, like I did a series recently where I was using um, cobalt blue and thinking about what's happening in the world around cobalt and how it's being mined in the Congo and who's using that resource, who's stockpiling that resource. So it's an opportunity to kind of do research and figure out a way to break the patterns of silence and of knowledge around whatever the topic may be. Adia originally went to UC Berkeley to study education. That changed. I probably should have known better when I took my first art class at Berkeley because I think it was with Craig Nagasawa that I just would fall in love. Throughout my childhood, the art teachers were the ones that I most connected with. So when I went to Berkeley and did that, the same thing happened. You know, it was the place where I felt like my voice really mattered in a way that um, felt empowering. A lot of Adia's work is about connections between artworks as well as people. For me, it has been more recently that that I've recognized the interconnectedness. I think when I first started making art out of grad school, a lot of what the work was about was about spaces and perception and how a viewer perceives a person or a space based on all of the projections they put onto it. But over time, as I evolved and processed my own wounds, (laughs) um, I realized that Our joy, our ability to uplift is a result of recognizing our connections to each other and to our environment and to all the materials we're surrounded by. On a metaphorical level, that kind of crossed over to the choices of materials. So for me, when I I create a painting, it's directly connected to the way I quilt. It's about connecting the shapes and allowing something to come to the surface from that. With Wisdom Keepers, the San Jose show, Adia makes connections between craftswomen and warriors. After spending time looking at the quilts from Bamfa and falling in love with the kind of history and stories behind them, I started to see this parallel between these Southern black women (laughs) and West Coast black women sitting around quilting with their community, uh, hand stitching, Between that and what I could imagine ancient warriors, relatives that, you know, go back 100, 200 years ago may have the lifestyles they may have lived, that they were kind of different forms of martial arts, you know, that they were practicing something to become very skilled at it. They used different tools as their kind of weapons or their protection or um, their gifts to give to each other. And so this parallel just kept coming up for me and wanted to see what happened when I put them side by side and and integrated those materials. So for example, there are spears that have these kind of crocheted sweaters covering them. I took a blacksmithing class and learned how to make my own spearheads. There's glass shields. So the glass shields are, are kind of playing with this idea of the fragility of protection. So they reference this kind of African tribal shield. It's also this delicate glass, very bright colored glass. Adia wanted to involve lots of people in the show. I 
asked three sound healers if they would participate in creating a sound piece for the show with um, an incredible sound engineer. And so they created this beautiful sound piece. And then I brought in Liv Schaefer, who's a choreographer, and she brought in a group of dancers to perform with the quilted warrior sculptures that I had made. I worked with Bullseye Glass to create the glass shields. I worked with Maureen Miller, who's a weaver, to create this beautiful woven piece. It's been a, a journey of collaboration and consciously wanted to do this because for me, I felt like this idea of having conversations with the other creatives is the way we all evolve as artists. We get to inspire each other, push each other, and develop a more inclusive language for creative people to work together. For years, Adia has focused on craft. I mean, I think even from the time I was in grad school, really started thinking about the minorities of the arts. And I felt that craft was kind of put on the back burner. I was seeing it happen a little bit within kind of feminist art, but really how could we bring craft into the forefront? And saw, you know, people like Faith Ringgold and other incredible artists doing that. And so trying to figure out new ways to bring in the quilting, bring in the miniatures, bring in whatever material would kind of get the message across and not being confined to one medium. You know, I think for artists that's really important is to expand and not be worried about criticism and just use whatever materials you have to use. In college and grad school, Adia learned technical skills and theoretical knowledge, but those weren't the most critical things for her. Probably most important part about going to school is being able to come out of it and to throw it all away <laughs> and allow yourself to be free of the confinement that in the structure that art school gives you. I think that one of the best parts that I got from that education was self-discipline, knowing that the only reason why this work's going to get done is because I'm pushing myself. I don't have a boss. I don't have a teacher. And I think learning that is for artists is the main skill is learning to be your own boss and to not be um, intimidated or kind of shut down by fear of not being good enough. I mean, I think even myself for many years as a practicing artist was concerned that my work wasn't good enough, that my voice wasn't important and had to kind of overcome that. And that's where the real schooling happens. After earning her MFA, Adia got a residency at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York. I had just been at CalArts working under Michael Asher and Charles Gaines, who are pretty heavy conceptual artists. And so then to go into the Whitney program, I think I was so overfilled with academia that I just, and I was living in New York and it was so exciting. I just wanted to break free. And so while it was good because it, it helped boost me into doing other projects and getting some recognition. It was um, a reminder that, that there's more to life than theory. Then she did another residency at the Studio Museum in Harlem, soon after the renowned Thelma Golden became the director and chief curator. The Studio Museum in Harlem was just a game changer for me. It was right after the freestyle exhibition happened at the Studio Museum, which was Thelma's first huge show there that brought in all these young black artists together. It was the first time I'd seen that many young black artists in my program. There was two, you know? So it just was so inspiring and encouraging. And then being there, I was there with Kirilyn Harris and Kehinde Wiley. 
And so I got to, we got to all watch each other grow and develop in very different ways and inspire each other and have fun together and meet tons of really incredible artists. So I really was appreciate. And I it was my first time living in Harlem and just soaking in all the culture and freedom and liberation there. Adia says she's had to learn to trust her intuition. Six or seven years ago, I woke up. A lot of times things will happen when I'm sleeping, I'll wake up. And I just had this, felt like I heard myself telling myself, you need to make these 44 small little house paintings that were referring kind of to the the miniatures that I had made, but also were kind of flattening them apart and deconstructing them. And so I said, okay, I'm going to make them. I don't know what I'm making them for. I'm going to give them away. That was my thought. And as I was doing that, Patricia Suito, who had has a gallery in LA now, but had one temporarily in Oakland and she's had them other places too, came to my studio. I was like, I want to give you a show. And it was so great because it kind of lit the fire for me to start to believe in myself in, in a certain way again. And so thankful to her because even though those the pieces were kind of small and, and needed more layers, they just started the conversation I needed to have with myself about what I need to be focusing on. This is the part of the show, three questions, where I ask the artists the same three questions to learn a little more about them. When did you know you were an artist? What work made an impression on you? And what's the most creatively inspiring place in the Bay Area? I think I knew I was an artist at two different points. I think when I was a child, and my mom showed me a finger painting that I had done with her when I was probably two. It was so impressive to me as a child that I thought, oh, I'm good at this. And then when I was in college and I started to receive really positive feedback from my instructors, I think I realized that I had the ability to be an artist but I think when we're young artists, we're almost afraid to call ourselves artists. You know, I would call myself a maker or, you know, that I made art, but I wasn't an artist. So I think that just has to kind of come over time. Or you just own it. I love talking to kids who, who are, as they're making art, and I'll say to them, are you an artist? And I love hearing them say, yes, they're an artist and owning that. It's really um, encouraging for the future. I'd studied, taken some contemporary art history classes in college, and I remember when I moved to New York, all of a sudden I was meeting the artists that I was studying. And Lorna Simpson uh, came to my studio at the Studio Museum in Harlem, and she loved these these photos I had taken of the inside of my miniatures. And they were just documentation of the of the insides, but she was like, you've got to print these. You need to take really good photos. And so she loaned me her large format camera. I learned how to use it, took 15 minute exposures before any digital stuff. And I just, I was so enamored by her as a black woman being so successful and strong in her practice. That was a big moment. Redwood Regional. 
I love to be out in nature and hike. That's kind of my church. And that's where I realized the complexity of the earth, you know, all the shapes and how they move. And oh God, I just go up into the hills in Oakland and you will find your own God. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Art is Awesome. And thanks to our guest, Adia Millet. Her show, Wisdom Keepers, is at the Institute of Contemporary Art, San Jose, through February 18th. In January, Adia will also have a solo show at Haynes Gallery in San Francisco. Please subscribe and join us next time when we talk with artist Arlene Correa Valencia. Like Trina Robinson, a recent guest, Arlene is one of the artists included in Bay Area Now at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. Arlene also has a show at the Catherine Clark Gallery in San Francisco, featuring audio, textiles, drawings, and paintings reflecting on migration and family separation. Art is Awesome is a bi-weekly podcast dropping every other Tuesday. It was created and hosted by me, Emily Wilson. It is produced and edited by Charlene Gotu of Gotu Productions. Our theme music is provided by Kevin McLeod with Incompetech Music. Be sure to follow us on social media or visit our website. Till next time.